You are listening to Intangiblia, the podcast of intangible law. Plain talk about intellectual property. Please welcome your host, Leticia Caminero. Hello from Washington, D.C. This is episode four. Today we will learn about trademarks and talk with an artist, designer, creative leader, and brand expert. Before we talk with our guest, the recipient of over 150 international design and marketing awards, including Emmys, Promax BDA, Tallis, Glio, Graphic Design USA, and the New York Film Festival, and many other awards, let's talk about trademarks, the identifier of products and services. Here are some things you need to know about trademarks. A trademark is the distinctive sign that identifies products and services in the market. Registration is necessary to achieve the exclusive use of a trademark. Unlike all other intellectual properties, it is territorial. In other words, for exclusivity, you have to protect in each country or region where you want to offer your products and services. A trademark can be a sign, words, images, a mix of both, but can also be motion, colors, sounds, and smells. The trick of an exclusive trademark is in its distinctiveness which can be acquired by use or can be present from the beginning of the mark. To be born distinctive is easier when the trademark is identified by terms or other signs not directly related to the products and services. These types may be fantasy, arbitrary, or suggestive. My podcast, Intangiblia, is a term of fantasy because it is a word created combining intangible and the letters B-L-I-A which refers to books. Trademarks are registered for renewable periods, usually 10-year cycles. However, a trademark owner can lose a trademark registration for lack of commercial use. So now you know. The trademark is the distinctive sign that identifies products and services. Its exclusivity is achieved with the registration. Let's learn from our guest about her outstanding career. Intangiblia, the podcast of intangible law, plain talk about intellectual property. Today, we had the great pleasure of talking with an international renowned designer, director, pop artist, and brand innovator. Hi, my name is Zoa Martinez. I'm a Latina, a designer, creative. It's hard to describe exactly what I do since I do so much that has to do with creativity. I've had a design agency for many years. And I focus on branding some of uh, the most important networks in the world. And uh, I love what I do. So uh, please walk us through your journey of becoming a designer and so much more. Some of my first and most notable creative moments have been, I mean, I didn't even know they were notable at the moment. But I remember when I first came to New York, I was with a good friend. We were young. We came in in a pickup truck from Miami. And I remember I interviewed at ABC television. Somebody said to me, oh, why don't you try to get a job there? And I'm thinking, well, why would a graphic designer that is interested in doing record album covers work at a, a TV network? Well, what did I know? I got called in uh, and they asked me, do you know how to do animation? The only animation that I knew was about Disney. I mean, who doesn't love Disney? I was always inspired by Disney. And I said, yeah, sure. Thought I, I knew what animation was. What are they going to do, fire me? They haven't even hired me yet. The only way for me to think about how to animate was 
looking at things that moved and seeing how it got from A to B and from B to C and how it transitioned and what was it coming at you in X axis and Y axis and Z axis. I mean, there were times where I was a little silly. I would be standing in a corner and like observing how the car would be turning and coming towards you and seeing how long it would take or counting the waves when I sat at the ocean and seeing the pattern and, and the rhythm. And then I realized that, quite frankly, for me, motion was everyday life. It's the way I danced. It's the way people dance. It's the, it's the way we talk. It's, um, it, it, it happens quickly. It could be slow. It could be uh, staccato, erratic, uh, all kinds of things that create emotion through motion. And so I started coming up with motion branding, which was a way of creating brand parameters. And we're talking about football, we're talking about baseball. There's a certain way that I used to animate a particular identity for ESPN Network. It wasn't just the logo. It wasn't just the color. It was also motion branding. Uh, I started something there in my own mind. I became part of technology, things that were just thrown at me. He says, here, learn how to use this equipment for the Olympics, a person in the forefront. You know, a lot of history here. Uh, the bottom line is I observed nature to apply to a brand, to a design as an art piece. That's really it. Wow. Innovating in brand motion by observing, observing yourself, nature, others. It's very remarkable. How is the entire process of creation? How do you decide or what inspires you to create a logo for a certain company or a brand for a certain product? It gives me great joy to know that I've had great clients in my in my career, um, and they've all been repeat clients uh, from History Channel to A and E Networks, um, Discovery, the Travel Channel. Um, my gosh, I've, de I've designed skateboards, I've designed sets. I feel very grateful to live a life of doing the kind of business that I enjoy. Um, I've created some famous logos like History in Español, and and the list goes on. I always maintain the idea of the brand equity. Why change something that it's world known and it's been, it's an investment. I'm confident enough in my career that for me, it's important to make the client strive and grow and continue the great success. And, and if it means that the identity is known throughout the world, why want to change it? I am original. I'm creating something from the ground up. Yes, an identity that when you see it from a distance, oh, yeah, you know, it's a flower shop. It's not just a name, but it has something that identifies as to the product that you want to buy. In this particular case, I took an actual photograph of a flower, silhouetted it in with such details that every little nook and cranny became unique. Someone else that opened up a flower shop down the street Yeah, they can use a five-petal flower, but that five-petal flower is not the same as mine because mine has these unique little blemishes and nooks and crannies that were specific. And that was one way of making sure that, you know, the intellectual property was as it was unique to that particular photograph. So when you create or design for an established brand, you take what makes them unique or what makes them identifiable in the market and build on it. But when you're working with a new brand or a new business, you're trying to find something unique about them and then build on it or create on it. And on intellectual property, tell us about your experience with it. 
Intellectual property should be pretty simple, but it's not. And I think this is where I refer to my lawyers um, and let them represent me on this one, especially for designers. You know, the, there is this work for hire, which is um, basically it means that the client owns everything from your process, your sketches. Basically, they could take the reject concepts or anything that you did that they didn't use and still use it for something else. So we have to be very careful. From our previous episode, you may remember Work for Hired, which is when someone hires you to create. Who hires you usually keeps the rights of your creation. The best business is always a win-win business. And that's how I've always maintained good clients. And there's a level of respect that we've built. And we know that we have each other's back. I've also been in situations where I've created such huge contracts to protect myself that the client themselves have said, or actually the investor has said, oh my God, this is too much. So we've had to back out and and that's not, you know, it, it, it over, it defeated itself. That's not the point. The point is not to spend so much time and monies into contracts after contracts is once you maintain a, a relationship with your client, you kind of know where you're going. Uh, when things get really tricky, I, that's when I refer to the best lawyer I can, I can find. And then at that point, you have to decide whether it's even worth the project or not. You can be compensated highly for something that most of the compensation ends up going to legal fees. And that's not good as a designer either. A lot of people don't realize that how important that is. They think that, you know, creatives or, you know, we make pretty pictures and create logos and use Helvetica and, you know, gradients and all the trendy things that are out there. But really, no, you're, you're a business and you have to know your business. And if you don't, you have to work with people that do compliment you in order for you to be successful and your client ultimately as well. So that you can have that repeat business and have a, a wonderful time and have a history of, of being able to talk about all the great things you've done and, and with a smile on your face. And that's what makes me happy at the end of the day. Of course, you need to know your rights, um, know when you need to find help or assistance, protect yourself as a creator and protect your creations, but also keep in mind that it's a business. Any advice for new designers or creative entrepreneurs? I mean, I'm a rebel. What can I tell you? Breaking the rules? When I would go to an art museum or whatever, I didn't want to see what the paintings were. I didn't want to see who the artists were because you know what? I didn't want to feel influenced. And I know that this could be subconscious, subliminal, what have you. I wanted to be true to myself. I wanted to whatever came out, you know, it was it was clean. It was honest. I mean, you know, everything's been done. I mean, you're not reinventing the wheel. But what you can do is stay away from what's trending. Express yourself. Don't be afraid. Put it out there. Be bold. It uh, it pays off. And eventually, the more you do it, the more you believe it, the more you are that. And the more you're that, you ultimately start creating your own style. You don't even know it until maybe years go by and people say, oh, my God, you did that, didn't you? And I'm, that's really exciting. Um, so, you know, it takes time. It's not overnight. Don't do things for the sake of saying, oh, I designed it or I disrupted this. No, it's not about that. The big success is seeing that whatever is it that you're designing, there's a purpose. And the, what's the purpose is to be recognized that it's timeless, that it lives on or that it grows. It's an investment from the client and that it should be a well-worth investment. One of the things that I have loved about my clients is they say it like it is. What they love about me is that I say it like it is. This is not about uh, ego. This is about being confident. You have work to do. The work is to create the brand that sells, that, that creates an emotion, that does what the client needs for it to do. 
Oh, I've, I've actually joked with clients. I said, what do you want? You want the identity to, to do this, that, this, and this, and this, and that. So many things that they wanted to do. I said, you know, your, your identity needs a therapist. And we laugh. So what I'm saying is keep it simple, bold. Don't try to um, take a shortcut because shortcuts is exactly what it is. It's a shortcut. It's not something that's going to grow. It doesn't have an investment in it. And design should be an investment. So I wish you all the luck and be bold, be brave and let it rip. Okay, be a rock star. (laughs) There you have it. Thank you so much, Soa, for your time and giving us the advice of being true to ourselves, develop your style and look for purpose in your work. The goal of a trademark is to become the identifier of products and services. For that to happen, we should create it with care and invest in its recognition and protection. And so we come to the end of our episode. See you next Tuesday with a new guest and a new IP topic. Thank you for listening to Intangiblia, the podcast of intangible law, plain talk about intellectual property. Did you like what we talked today? Please share with your network. Do you want to learn more about intellectual property? Subscribe now on your favorite podcast player. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Visit our website www.intangiblia.com. Copyright Leticia Caminero 2020. All rights reserved. This podcast is provided for information purposes only and should not be considered as legal advice or legal opinion.